This is episode number 83 of The Ship's Podcast with returning guest, Bob Colhan. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Ships Podcast. Very excited to have you all here today because we have a returning guest. That's right. We have someone who has joined us in the past on this podcast and is joining us again. His name is Bob Colhan, and he is the CEO of Business Improvisations. He joined us back in episode 19 of the Ships Podcast and is joining us here again to go off of some of the concepts that he was talking about in his first episode. In his first episode, we talked a lot about improv, how it can serve us in the corporate world, how it can just serve us in our personal and professional lives in general. We talked about the importance of reacting, adapting, and communicating in given situations. So today, we talk about something specifically called energy manipulation. I think that you are really going to learn a lot from this episode and gain a lot from this concept. We talk about what energy manipulation is. Bob talks to us how energy, just like attitude, is a choice, and we decide how we bring our energy forward in our day-to-day lives. We talk about being focused and in the zone before you're doing something, how to influence people, and how influencing these people affects your brand. We decide how to handle our energy and how to carve out our authentic selves. At the end of the day, we control what energy we bring to a given space. So I'm not going to spoil the rest of the episode for you all because Bob really puts it in a much clearer and succinct way than I can. And I think that you will really like this episode a lot. If you think it will resonate with someone, if you think it will resonate with someone's energy, see what I did there, please share it with a friend. Please send this message out there because it's something, as Bob discusses, that we're not really aware of, but just being aware of our energy is a great initial step. So please share this episode. So... Without further ado, let me please introduce yet again on the ship's podcast, Bob Colham. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the ship's podcast. Today, I am very excited to welcome back Bob Colhan. Bob, thank you so much for being with us again. <laughs> Pat, thank you so much for having me. I am looking forward to this conversation. Yes, yes, me too. Uh, you were in uh, an, an episode, uh, actually a little while ago, I was looking through through my episodes and, and of course, listening to your past episode, and it was back in episode 19 of uh, the ship's podcast. And so we've had many episodes since then. So I'm really excited to 
have you back on the show in a, in a different capacity. And really, in the first episode, we talked a lot about your, your career, what you've been doing and with business improvisations, a lot about reacting, adapting, and communicating, and really dived into the nitty-gritty of all that. And today, we're specifically talking about something called energy manipulation. And so... For myself, as well as our listeners, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation as to what is energy manipulation and just all the different ways that it can be used. So so I'm really excited to have you back. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, coming on at number 19 and now where we are, you're, you're a grizzled, war-torn veteran of this. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to the nuanced differences in the way that we talk with each other. And also for for our listeners out there, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to Bob's first episode, I highly recommend just scrolling down where you listen to your podcast and checking that one out as well, because it will provide a great foundation for this episode as well. But diving into this episode, I'm wondering if you just start off by telling us what exactly is energy manipulation? Energy manipulation is just changing your energy. It's different than managing your energy where, well, there's there's similarities. Managing your energy is controlling it and sort of maintaining what you have. Whereas manipulating your energy is to say, if you're low energy, knock it up to a higher level. If you're high energy, pull it down to a lower level. And this is all based really in how improvisers prepare. So as you know, I'm a 26th, this is my 26th straight year performing improvisation. Originally Chicago training, that's where I cut my teeth, and now I'm on the East Coast. And I have experimented with this over the last now 21 years with my company, Business Improv. And it's rooted in the fact that improvisers warm up pretty much before anything, before uh, their practices, before their rehearsals, however you want to frame that, before the shows themselves. And the warm-ups serve multiple purposes. It helps get us get us out of our head, shed our inhibitions. You know, take whatever the, the baggage we are carrying throughout the day and put it down and get together as a group and connect with each other as a group. What it also does, though, is change our energy. We can amp up our energy for a show. And the way that I equate this is that improvisers deal with the human brain the same way athletes deal with muscle groups. If you want a muscle group to operate at peak potential, the first thing you have to do is warm up, right, and stretch out. In other words, get oxygen to that specific muscle group. And that's the same thing that improvisers do when we start manipulating our energy. We get up and move around, we bounce around, so that the heart starts pumping, so the blood starts moving, so that the muscle group that needs to be oxygenated, in this case, the organ, the brain, is the muscle that we're using, becomes stronger. And the byproduct of simply supplying oxygen to the brain is an increase in speed in which we can choose to direct it to things like focus, concentration, presence, engagement, adaptability, agility, flexibility, the way that we communicate with each other, creativity. And this all manifests itself in an increase in energy. So this is what we're talking about now when we say energy manipulation. Can you amp your energy up? And hopefully in this conversation we'll get to as well, how do you close the iris of a, a giant light to create a single spotlight or a laser, a very tight laser. And that's bringing your energy back down as it relates to influence and impact. Wow, that's amazing. There's so much in there that I'm really looking forward to unpacking because I think it is a, a powerful tool, a powerful concept that we can use in our lives, especially in our professional lives where we have to 
bring a certain amount of energy or rather tailor our energy based on perhaps the person or, or client that we're speaking to. Why is it important that we do energy manipulation? Why, why is it something that, that we should practice? Pat, I think the best way to answer that question is to put it front and center that energy, just like attitude, is a choice. Energy and attitude are choices in so much that it's a choice to have a bad attitude or a negative attitude on a day-to-day basis. And it's a choice to consistently be low energy. You know, chemistry aside, let's earmark that, you know, there's certain reasons that will be low energy, illness, um, international travel. If your child is up every two hours throughout the night, you know, lack of sleep, um, being sick, being hungover, whatever those reasons are that would naturally cause to be low energy. If everything is equal, though, then it's a choice whether we're carrying ourselves in a very low energetic way or a high energetic way. And understanding this, I'll equate it to a couple of things. One, the way athletes you know, warm up before competitions do you think athletes before a competition are like shooting out three or four emails right away or one quick one? I have one, one more phone call and then they come rushing into that competition ready to play the game. <laughs> that, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> right. That'd be probably a disaster depending on, on right, what it is. Right. Somebody might get hurt. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> athletes are focused. They're centered. They're in the zone before competitions. So that's the first thing I, I want to sort of asterisk here as it relates to why do this. It's because Athletes are putting themselves in the best position to succeed physically as well as mentally. You know, athletes are stretching out, they're staying loose, they're going over plays, they're looking at each other, connecting with each other, they're getting in the zone, they got the beats by Grayon, they're getting they're thinking about the competition, thinking about the environment they're going into. They're also just, you know, relaxing, staying loose, staying flexible. And what we do on a day-to-day basis, though, is different. We don't think about how we comport ourselves in that way. We go rushing from one meeting to another meeting, one engagement to another engagement. I can just talk on the phone and and no, no, I'm, I'm going to have this conversation and I just immediately switch gears and engage in a very effective way for another conversation. And so it becomes important when you have to be present. You have to influence people. You have to be in the moment. And sometimes it's in front of key stakeholders that have high stakes, and sometimes in front of key stakeholders that have low stakes. Regardless, though, how you bring yourself inside that meeting and how you comport yourself on a day-to-day basis, how you're present, how you influence people defines your brand. And it's a choice how we create our brand. How we comport ourselves on a day-to-day basis is a choice and how people perceive us then. That's how we're influencing them how we package our brand. So this is why it starts becoming important and why it becomes important to do this. That if our brand, if we want our brand to say apathetic, we don't care, we're lethargic, okay, just I would say be aware that that's a choice that you're creating your brand that way. You say, no, I want to show some passion. I want to show some excitement. And it doesn't mean be a Muppet. It doesn't mean... You know, be 10 on the scale of one being low energy, 10 being the highest energy possible. It doesn't mean run around like your pants are on fire. It just <laughs> means when it's time, be able to make eye contact, smile, engage, connect with people, communicate with people in a very real way. And so these are all reasons to do it because we are all we all get tired sometimes, right? That's that's just life. What we do with that though is a choice. And as it relates to 
how we communicate with each other, how we're present, and how we're focused and in the moment, it's something different. So whether the key stakeholders are face-to-face or on the phone, I want to tag that right away. That this is these are techniques that you can use through distance communication, virtual communication. A podcast is a great example. Yes, I, I absolutely love that because it really is a matter of just in those critical moments, or even if it's just a normal interaction, really doing our best to put our best foot forward. And yes, while we may be tired or we may be lacking some sort of energy, it's important to really, as you just said, to go off of what you just said, to decide how we are going to really take how we're feeling and then like react to that through our, through ourselves. Like, are we going to really flip the switch and not let that hold us back? Or are we going to decide, okay, I'm really tired. So I'm just going to drag everyone else down with me today. I I agree. It is, it really is absolutely a choice that we make. Yeah. And you're really talking about the effect now, you know, what happens if we're not paying attention to it? So if you're low energy and um, you just said drag everybody else down with us. I mean, let's put that into a, a clear context so this makes sense. Have you ever been in a collaborative environment, you know, a group of people and everybody, it, the outcome of this this meeting has to be felt. There has to be a return on investment. You have to show you move the ball down the court. And everybody's, everybody's feeling it. It's just heavy. And no one's really being productive because the stakes are so high. Then all of a sudden we'll, someone will crack a joke. Or somebody else will come in with a breath of fresh air and then everybody kind of feels it. And you start moving, you find your rhythm with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or the, re- the reverse then, which is what you were mentioning. The stakes are there. The outcome has to be met when the meeting's done. Everyone's light though. Everyone's comfortable talking to each other and you're actually moving the ball down the court. Then all of a sudden somebody says something that's particularly negative or somebody comes in, just deflates the energy. And it's like a giant wet blanket, like just being like, thrown on top of the group and all the energy gets suffocated and people start clamming up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and it's so sad when that happens too. I'm always amazed just how, I I guess this goes both ways. I'm, I'm really amazed how much of a positive impact one person could have on a group, but then on the flip side, how much of a negative impact one person can have on a group really, and, and really just suck out that energy. Yes. Yeah. And that's, if we're not aware of what we're doing, then we certainly decrease the probability of being strategic and deliberate with how we're affecting people. Now on the opposite side, if we're aware of it, as you mentioned before, I'm feeling really lethargic today. I'm super tired and you deliberately don't do something about it. You are choosing to negatively impact the group or at least you're choosing to potentially negatively impact the group. And that's something that has to be front and center because ultimately we all have that ability at least for a brief period of time to shake it off, to go in there and say, at least I'm going to try. I'm going to try to positively impact the group. I'm going to try not to show everybody in the group that I'm only got two hours of sleep or one, no sleep whatsoever. And I, or I, I'm just in a really pissy mood today. You know, you can, do the best you can to table that, especially for limited periods of time. And really, that's what we're talking about for the most part of, well, if you have to be on point, if you have to be there in a collaborative environment, which you know we're mentioning large groups, frankly, a one-on-one conversation is a collaborative environment. 
then the ability to make the decision on which direction you're going to influence people increases the probability that you're going to influence people in that direction. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Now, now something I do want to uh, question you on about as well. And in my opinion, when, when really we manipulate our energy or rather put our best foot forward, I think that there's a way to do it, that you are still coming from a place of authenticity, that you're still being your true self. I think, have you ever run into a situation where, you know, you're talking about energy manipulation and someone combats, they might be like, oh, well then you're just being fake or or then you know you're not you're not being vulnerable with the person that you're speaking with. I I don't know if I would really see it that way, but I could see other other people seeing it that way. And and so I'm wondering like what how you would speak to that. <laughs> yeah, I hear that all the time actually. So with business improv, you know we're we're teaching imp- business programs that are rooted in improvisation. So you get people who inherently dismiss it right away just because it has the word improv in it. And they know that improv is only comedy or it's what happens when everything else goes wrong or, you know, the number of reasons that you would dismiss strengthening a skill set related to reacting, adapting and communicating in real time or improv, really. And so we get this, especially once we start getting the exercises that for many people are a little bit awkward. They're awkward in them or uncomfortable because it's the first time they're doing it. It's the first time actually trying this out. And so this pushback of it's not authentic and it's not the real me happens all the time. And so what I would say is, one, let's put this in perspective. What we're really talking about is doing things within your wheelhouse strategically, deliberately. And so if at this point you're not real comfortable doing it, then do it in low stakes environment. Do it on a regular basis. Let's say... um, you know, at home with your significant other, when you come home, before you come in the house, take three, five minutes to kind of set yourself, especially if you had a bad day, try to leave that baggage in the car, in the garage, on the subway, whatever it is that you're, you're coming out of. So you enter the house being a, a, a fresh, a breath of fresh air, or at least if you are, if you do have to, you know, bring the baggage in from a negative day into the house, then at least you're putting in perspective with an ally who is your significant other who is your friend, as opposed to taking it out on that person, which is how it manifests itself quite often. And that's the same with children as well, you know, taking taking that extra breath. And if you continue to practice it over and over again, that which becomes uncomfortable becomes comfortable. It's the same with day one on your job, no matter what your job is, is going to be wildly different than your 500th day on the job. And so what we're really talking about is just reps. Do it over and over and over again. So that day one becomes week one, which becomes month one, which becomes year one. And by year one, it's you know pretty close to part of your core DNA, your job. And then by the time you get to year five or 500th day on the job, then it's part of your, your authentic self. And so just like day one, it's not part of your authentic self on your job. You're, you're really getting comfortable with the people you're with, the environment, et cetera. And it's the same thing with these tools and techniques. That's the first point, that it can become authentic. It's just a matter of getting comfortable with it. The second point is the dismissal factor, which is some people are like, well, it's just not me. I'm just not that person. And I usually hear this from 
more analytically minded people, more low energy people. Not that analytically minded or low energy. They're not necessarily the same thing. However, you know, the types of people I hear this from uh, are, are people who are just like, my, I'm just not, I'm just not that person. I'm just not going to be that person who brings the energy up. And my counter to that is this. And Pat, I'll ask you to answer this question. Yeah. If an alarm was to go off right now and everybody, all your listeners, you included, need to run out of the room to save your own life, do you think any person's going to be like, uh, I'm just not that person? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'd be really worried about them if they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. You know, this thing called adrenaline kicks in. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm out of here. I gotta go. I gotta go. And so everybody hustles, you know, to in the spirit of fight or flight to save their own lives. So we have this this internal mechanism designed for this. It's a matter of, if not accessing adrenaline, ac- accessing that part of us that says, I can do this. And we're not talking about, for anybody who might be rolling their eyes at this, going from a three energy to a 10 energy all the time, like if an alarm went off. We're talking about moving from a three to a four when it's needed. Or even a three to a five, when it's needed, when the situation, context, relationship is calling for it, having the ability to do that puts you at a different skill level than everybody else who is not thinking about this. Yes, I think that that's a really important point. And to go back on what you were saying before, I think after the variety of repetitions after repetitions after repetitions, this really becomes second nature where you're just able to bring that energy so much so that sometimes you don't even think about it. And with all of that said, really, obviously, or at least I believe that energy, both positive and negative energy is contagious. And I'm wondering if you could speak to us, how, how is energy contagious? How, how is it that some people just have a way of when they enter the room, they light up the room or what some people come into the room and they just completely drag down the mood? Well, why is that and how is it? All right. So you, you, you called back the reference we made before uh, two quick examples of energy being contagious, that energy, that meeting that's, um, high stakes and uh, everyone's feeling the weight of it. No one's productive. And then all of a sudden a joke's made, somebody else comes in and you just feel it and you start running and the room's lighter and you create momentum or the reverse that you already have momentum and everyone's light. Somebody comes in and just sucks the energy right out of the room. It's some anti poopy panty or whoever it might be that (laughs) is just always, you know, always negative, always the, the wet blanket. And so those are two real life, very quick examples. However, uh, another example is, um, you know, customer service. We can go there that we've all had a customer service moments, whether it's on the phone or in person where somebody has a bad attitude and you're like, wow, now I got a bad attitude because you got a bad attitude and you're going face to face or you come in with a bad attitude and they're like, yeah, absolutely. Pat, I can help you. What? Let's walk me through this. Let me figure out how I can support you. And then you start changing your attitude because of the way that you're being treated. So these are easy, easy examples, very low-hanging fruit examples of how just a little energy, a little attitude influences the people around us. Now, the other, though, is the, the higher stakes, right? If everybody's really low energy, think about the, the motivating speakers. Think about 
um, you know, the, the famous speeches from generals, Patton or whoever it might be, like, we must go and do this or you know, brave heart. What do you fight for your right? You know, it's, it's that type of thing. Like, I don't want to die. Oh, well, maybe I'm going to die today. If I do, though, yeah, it's I'm not going to be old looking back saying, I wish I would have done this differently. I'm going to go and fight for Scotland. <laughs> That's what we're talking about as well. Those those low low stakes ones to high stakes ones, it's all part of how we influence people. And there's different ways, though, that that can happen. So it is the inflection, it is the voice, it is the energy, you feel this type of thing. There's also very just basic things that we have. So whether it's mirroring, like we know from improvisation, right? Just that we can just, we'll just start mirroring each other or the um, chameleon effect as it's known in behavioral psychology that you can just like lean in on a table. And next thing you know, people are leaning in and just no one knows why we're all leaning in. We're just kind of almost in a huddle talking about this, or if you lean back in a chair, especially if you have some rank, some status about you, you can watch other people just start leaning back. So they're just influencing each other. It's uh, through mirroring or the chameleon effect. The other part is the contagion effect. That is the group will start kind of having kinetic energy. So if you're that little spark plug, you come and hit something, next thing you know, you get a couple of laughs, a couple other people are laughing, and you're all just talking to each other, and the energy is just a little bit there, you create a little sense of urgency, this will begin to spread like a brush fire. And that contagion effect is very real. And that's the positive side. You can also go in as the wet blanket and shoot down ideas, shoot down people, and watch people start clamming up. And that's the contagion effect on the negative side. Wow. It's, it's, it's like these things... I really love that you're how you're breaking them down because I think that energy is very contagious, that really the people that we interact with in our day-to-day lives are either going to rub us a good way, rub us a bad way. And it really is amazing just to kind of dissect into how we really pick up each other's energy. And so I'm wondering if we could dive in deeper a little bit with this is so, so you have these different effects that you brought up, the contagion effect, m- mirroring techniques, like this chameleon effect. How is it that people can tap into these practices and then use them to both benefit themselves as well as those that are around them? You know, I, th- I think of an example of, you know, if, if someone cuts another person off uh, while you're driving and someone gets in that one person gets really pissed off at the other, but then the other person, they're able to maintain this very calm demeanor. And I, I think that's something that comes with practice over time, but, but how do, how can people really tap into these variety of different methods or techniques in order to benefit, as I mentioned before, themselves or others? Well, I, you know, I love this example uh, that you just brought up, Pat, because what you're showing is that the energy manipulation, either maintaining or going down by choice. So if somebody in, in, uh, has road rage and they're yelling at you and you're just nice and calm and you apologize or wave at them or, um, you know, do whatever, you're choosing to bring a different energy to the table. So you're starting this on an individual basis. What can you do for yourself? And I'm going to touch base on something else you said, practice, 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 practice. It has to, everything has to come through practice because only through practice does it become muscle memory or unconscious competence. And 
that's the point that we need to be at that we're not even thinking about it and we can just use this as a trigger and maybe not thinking about it is part of our uh, cognitive thinking ability so that we're like i, I know i'm going to this spot now to make the choice to stay here or change to go somewhere else so this self audit is what we call it in business improv it's the ability to recognize what you're doing in real time and how you influence other people so that you can make either micro or macro adjustments in real time to increase the probability that you're influencing them in the way that you want to. So on an individual basis, that self-audit is imperative. If you have the time to do it beforehand, before an important engagement, a meeting, a pitch, a presentation, a phone conversation, just like athletes do before competitions, baking that time into your day, I'm gonna take five minutes to make sure that I'm on point or 10 minutes. Or if it's super important, an hour, a half an hour, just to get in the zone, relax. And if you don't have that much time, then reducing it down to three to five minutes so that ultimately you can get to the point that it'll take about one minute or 30 seconds. Of yep, I took a deep breath. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to engage. All this though has to come through practice so that it becomes, you find your authentic voice through this. That which is uncomfortable becomes more comfortable only through the practice. And that's what we're looking for, the authenticity ultimately. Because if you set this into your day, and you say, all right, I'm going to audit myself. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to accurately, to the best of my ability, objectively assess my success or failure in these situations. Then you're taking care of yourself. And then you're increasing the probability of influencing the people around you the way you want to, which moves then to how you're collectively changing the environment. So for me, part of it starts with that self-audit on the individual basis, awareness, and making the decision to do something about it. And the second part is actually doing something about it warming up if you're lower energy, choosing to isolate your focus if you're too high energy and you have to reduce it down, and making sure that you're in that sweet spot as far as energy, not too much and not too little. There's so much value in everything that you're sharing with us. I, I absolutely love it. And it really, what I love about it is that we're talking about a specific skill. And with any skills, as we've been talking about and bringing up many times, is that it, it requires practice. It requires repetition. Do you think that a lot of people suffer from the lack of this specific skill because it is really innately human? It, it's something that is a matter of working on something that's kind of within ourselves as opposed to something that's exterior, an exterior skill set, even though this skill set works on the exterior. I, I guess my question is, uh, why do you think that more people aren't better at this? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people just don't think about it. Yeah. So I, I just think there's just a, a general lack of awareness that's out there. Because this is part of, of who we are as people. You know, our energy changes throughout the day. And we just don't think that we can consciously do something about it. When the reality is, we prove it over and over and over again. You know, whether it's being tired and then going to the gym or going on a run. And then after you exert some energy, you feel more energetic. So you've wiped away your tired. Or even for some people, it's it's not even that big. You know, it's just some stretching out that can increase your endorphins and get your energy going. We just take it for granted. Our lack of awareness then means that we're, yeah, I guess almost we're, we're it's it, we think it's something we can't control, or we just assume that it's just some natural thing inside of us. And so I, 
I think just with a little bit of awareness and and also being deliberate, intentional with your decision making, saying, I'm going to enter this really intense environment. I'm going to be the calm one or I'm going to enter this environment in which I have to influence some people on this product and show them that this is an exciting product. So I'm going to bring a little extra passion or energy. And also, we haven't talked about this yet, manipulating it in real time so that if, you know, let's asterisk that and come back to it. It's got to be part of your your decision-making process, though. And that comes from awareness. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how really when we start to make the habit of being aware of the impact and influence we're having on other people, how much we, we have the ability to hone in and lean into that. And that sort of leads me to my next question regarding when when should we use energy manipulation? Is it something that we should always be on our toes about? Are there certain times where it's more advantageous than others? Is it something that we should just always be aware of? When are there? When are the like specific times we should employ energy manipulation? Yes, Pat. So the way I'm interpreting what you're asking is really a twofold question. One is awareness, and two, when should you actually manipulate the energy? So to answer those, the awareness, I think, if you could just make this part of your overall way that you view the world, you put yourself in a a really elite position. They feel like I can see the energy in the room. I can feel it. it, it you know, maybe you don't see it cognitively. You feel it. You're just like, ah, oh, something's off. Or, Ooh, this is a high energy room. And then it registers with your brain. Like, okay, this is what's going on. Then you put yourself in the position to actually do something about it. So the awareness for me personally comes every second of the day. It does not take any extra effort at all it's pretty much like saying oh you're you're wearing a scarf today i observed you wearing a scarf that didn't take any extra effort just like saying oh okay you're kind of unfocused today or you're low energy and that's external as well as internal like what am i wearing today i looked at it so i'm aware that i'm wearing a sweatshirt that didn't take any extra effort or energy. <laughs> similarly i can say the same thing about you know my energy so that's the one thing the second really is when should you do it and this has to be uh, subjective, right? You, you're the only one that really knows when you should do it. So I would say opportunities to do it are meetings, are um, engagements. You know, definitely we have some extra energy if we're trying to impress somebody, whether it's in a boardroom or, or a bedroom. <laughs> Is that what I want to say? All right, sure. I was going to say a date. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I went that far. All right. Um, and all this takes that, that extra energy. It's, it's phone calls, it's sales meetings, it's pitches, it's uh, telepresence, you know, it's, it's how we engage each other and connect with each other. And that comes across the board. So I think the when you should do it um, should also be that, that I said, let's put a pin in this, let's put an asterisk on this and come back to it. The ability to shift in real time is when you should do it as well. So what I do, for example, a 26-year professional improviser, uh, I get up on stage and perform all the time. My company's 21. I'm in my 21st year doing this, and I still prep. It's all about prep for me. It's all about putting yourself in the best positions to succeed. So before, um, let's say, a keynote address, I'll go in and I'll look at the group if I have the ability. First, I'll go in and walk the space regardless. You know, You do your tech runs. You do your sound checks all that type of stuff to make sure it's working at least at that time. 
And also, though, I look at the environment. Is it a giant cave that I'm in, or is it a very contained, uh, very small room that's also very hot? So what can I do then to adjust in real time to those environments? And then it's the real-time adjustment. That's the thing that's needed. So if the group, for example, is low energy, uh, I can't necessarily come in just screaming and yelling like I'm uh, a, a coach of some kind or a Muppet because they're going to dismiss me. So maybe I can amp it up just a step back, come in at the same energy level and just add a little more excitement, a little more, and really work on a, like a crescendo or some kind of accelerando with the way that I'm delivering it so that I can bring the group with me. If the group is super high energy, do I want to – I don't know that I want to be low energy though. I don't know that I want to bottom them out and and do the same thing I would mirroring a low energy group. Maybe I want to match their energy, you know, or maybe I just want to add a fun factor to it. And if one part of this though is not working, then adjusting in real time, saying, okay, I'm trying to amp you up. You're not willing to amp up at all. You're not able to amp up at all. I'm just going to play at this level and bring a different type of energy to the situation. And that's important as well, that ability to manipulate the energy in real time to make sure that you're influencing people the way that you want it. Yeah, that actually brings me nicely to my next question is with energy manipulation and with really this decision that we're able to bring a specific level or, or amount of energy to a one-on-one -on -one meeting or, or perhaps a, a presentation that we're doing for a group. How can we use this energy to influence people? How can we use this energy to really influence people in a positive way that is not only going to impact the group for the better, but then also impact our position as well? We've talked a bit about the larger. I, the examples I just gave were presentation, keynote, and that, not everybody does keynote addresses or giant presentations. So let's reduce this down to a small group meeting or even a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So uh, the examples that we're giving, uh, when you set yourself up to be present and in the moment could manifest itself in high energy excitement. They could also though, you could take that same energy and now in that spirit of closing an iris, a lens, so that a giant laser becomes a single hot laser that's hitting one specific target and hitting it with a lot of force, a lot of energy, a lot of heat, you could show that presence in the meeting by making solid eye contact, by engaging by by, through smiling, through nodding. That's not apathetic nodding it's deliberate it's thoughtfulness by showing that the hamster that powers your brain is actually sprinting on a specific idea and even through yes and as our classic language example in improvisation you can bring that same type of energy to a phone call you know the way that you move inside the space the way that you use your hands the way that you you walk around potentially the the, the facial expression you have is translated when people can't see your face, they know that you're bringing energy as opposed to not bringing energy. And so this can also easily be translated back to a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Now, where are you in this one-on-one -on -one conversation? Are you distracted by the phone that's buzzing off in your pocket? Are you looking at the phone that's in your that was in your pocket? Is it now in your hand? Are you look at the phone that's in your pocket. Maybe you have a giant pocket that you just look in there. <laughs> Are you, you know, distracted by the people around you? Or are you able to connect with somebody? 
and in real time and let them know that you are fully engaged inside that conversation because that takes energy. That is a deliberate attempt to connect with somebody. And that does not have to be inauthentic. You can do it not necessarily at a high amped up energy level and still bring heat, still bring energy. And then expand this over to something that's in a, a, a more volatile environment, more dynamic environment, like, for example, a networking event. There's a lot of movement, a lot of chaos, sometimes libations involved in this as well. Can you be that person who shows the people around you that you are fully invested in this conversation? You're not distracted. You're not disengaged. Because ultimately what you're showing, it roots down to the basic human desire to be understood. So to be engaged is to be engaging, just like to be interested is to be interesting. And people are pulled to us when we show that we're interested in them. We become magnets that draw other people to us when we show that we are engaged in what they have to say. And that is simple, day-to-day ways to influence people with some just driven focused energy yeah that's it's so important and i think with that said it really goes to show just the impact that being present with someone can have both on on their lives and that also on your life as well because when we're more engaged in what people are saying they're going i I, at least i believe they're going to take a higher interest in in that individual and what I guess to go off what you're saying, you're saying that a lot of what comes to that ability to be so present is where you're directing your energy. Most definitely. Well said. How can we determine when to up our energy and lower our energy? Is it really just a matter of kind of like what we discussed about before, reading the room, kind of seeing what the energy is like, because there there could be moments where the energy seems really low and then you're going to be the person to up the energy. And then there might be moments where the energy's very high, maybe perhaps very frantic, and then you'll find a way to lower. So I guess my question is, how do you know when to join in on that same energy And then how do you know when to differentiate from it? For me, the best way to answer that question would go back to uh, an adage that uh, my mentor instilled in me. So my mentor was a a really brilliant man named Martin DeMott. Super kind, empathetic, caring. He is credited for creating the Second City Training Center. For those who might not know, the Second City is the world's largest independent theater school. It focuses specifically toward comedy in the form of uh, improvisation, sketch comedy, more the latter than the former. And um, Martin DeMont, uh, he passed away in 2001. And what he used to say was, your class will always teach you how to teach them. And as somebody who's been teaching improvisation since 1996, uh, I have embraced that. My company embraces it, Business Improv. Everybody teaches for Business Improv embraces it. And that's the way that I deal with these situations. So if you go into these situations and say, all right, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn every step of the way from my class, my audience in this case, whether it's a small group audience that you have five people there or 50 people or 500 people, you say, all right, 
I'm going to really pay attention to what you're doing and adapt to it in real time to make sure that I'm influencing you to the best of my ability, then you put yourself in a better position to succeed. Because we cannot diminish the power of awareness. We should not in any capacity. You know, if you're aware, then you put yourself in a position of doing something about it. If you have no awareness, then good luck to you. So it's saying, all right, I'm aware and I'm vulnerable enough to be incorrect. So I'm going to learn from you. And so if I try one thing and that doesn't work, then I try a different thing. And if that doesn't work, maybe I go back to the first thing because I know it's worked in the past. Or, you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, what's that in the definition of? Insanity, right? So <laughs> even in the, the course of like a 40-minute presentation, it's the same thing. If you just keep doing it and nobody's, nobody's buying it, then, you know, you're doing something insane. So it's adjusting. And sometimes that means that you push. Sometimes it means you pull. It's a lot like a dance, right? Sometimes you lead a dance. Sometimes somebody else leads a dance. Sometimes you're both leading and somebody's no, nobody's leading. So it's just the ability to understand what's needed at that time. And in doing so, you can make those adjustments. And I do this on a regular basis. So how I'm talking with you is different than how I've talked to, uh, I work a lot with military business improv and I, I don't, I don't bring the same level of heat, at least in the form of excitement to them. It would be much more deliberate, much more uh, focused, and much more on point. When I talk to elite scientists, the top 20 people in 25 people in Richard Branson's spaceship company, as an example, literal rocket scientists, it's very different. Because if I start bringing this type of energy or the type of energy that I would bring toward elite military, they will very quickly dismiss it because that's not the way that they talk to each other. They're very, you know, they're scientists. They prefer to be working through microscopes or on specific projects almost alone than communicating or collaborating with people. So having somebody bring this extra energy would just be off-putting to them. And so you have to play with that. You have to be able to change in real time to make sure that you're influencing people in the way that you they want to be influenced as well as the way you want to influence them. Because, you, you know, if you know your material, you should know your material and you should know your audience. And if you know those two things and you're super comfortable with both of those two things, then you can figure out how to communicate with your audience. And that takes those adjustments that are based on awareness. That's so good. <laughs> oh, man. These are really actionable tips that I think both both myself as well as our listeners are going to be able to really implement into their own lives. And really just have a, an awareness of of their energy and not only that you know to be aware of their energy and how they're feeling but what they can do about it too how they could turn it around if they need to how they could really step it up or bring it down depending on the situation so i really appreciate you coming out on the show again bob it was it was great having this discussion again and i really appreciate the the work that you're doing with business improv and really how how you're taking these ideas that are really rooted in improvisation and bringing them to the the corporate world and really educating people on how these skill sets these really crucial important skill sets can help them in their lives both in their professional and in their personal lives so thank you so much again for joining us on the ships podcast hey pat thanks so much for having me and you know it's so important to me that this is accessible and usable. And so if anybody wants some extra tips or tricks, 
Um, please uh, jump over to the Business Improv site and uh, do businessimprov.com forward slash free dash download. And we're giving away cliff notes to this, hack sheets, cheat sheets, um, simple tricks to communication, collaboration, manipulating energy, things like that. And we would love to see you. So thanks for having us, Pat. Great. Yeah, I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. And also, where can our listeners uh, find your book, Getting to Yes And? Because this, I, I've read the book personally. It's an amazing book. And I think that our listeners could really benefit from reading it. So where can they gain that book? Uh, Pat, thanks uh, for the plug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, get... I, hey, I got you. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, you can pick up Getting to Yes and uh, The Art of Business Improv is the full title. Getting to Yes and The Art of Business Improv. You can pretty much pick this up anywhere. Amazon is easily a great place to do it. Barnes & Noble, um, 800 CEO bookseller. Heck, if you come through the website, we'll probably be able to help you out, support you in some capacity as well. And that's really where the cliff notes come from as well. The the uh, reduction of, of the larger part of the book into really quick bite, easy to digest formats. And um, yeah, we'd, we'd love for you to get it because the book is is the textbook to how I teach this. So thanks, Pat. Great. Yeah, absolutely. One last question for you, Bob. How can we use energy manipulation to enhance our relationships? Every, every way we've been talking about, really. Eye contact, facial expression, awareness, um, understanding that other people are going to be low energy or potentially high energy and they're not going to have a level of awareness around it. So how do you take what they're doing and play along with it? You know, your class will teach you how to, to teach them. So learning from each person in real time will help you essentially have a brain game to be present, to be in the moment, to impact people and to influence people in positive ways. <laughs> Awesome. Couldn't have said it better myself. So we'll, we'll leave our listeners with that. So Bob, thank you so much for coming out on the show. Thanks for having me again. Another great episode with Bob Colhan. I really hope everyone enjoyed this one. Bob really gave us some concrete tips on how we can use energy manipulation in our lives, how we can really figure out new and innovative ways to put our best foot forward to really bring the right amount of energy in a given situation. So Bob, thank you so much for coming out on the show and talking to us about energy manipulation. If you enjoyed this episode, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. This would give me some great insight into what I can do to improve this podcast. Also, if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. Said voicemail may be released on a future episode of Ships. I would love to broadcast your thoughts and your ideas onto how the Ships podcast has impacted your lives. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with insightful messages and inspiring guests just like Bob. So if you're interested in supporting, scroll down in the show notes and click the link provided. 
Also, if you're interested in having me as a guest speaker at your upcoming event, please head over to patmcandrew.com and contact me there. I love speaking at a wide variety of corporate events, educational institutions, and conferences related to these topics. So please feel free to reach out. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast episode on energy manipulation. I hope you are able to take these concepts and implement them into your lives and create a change for yourself and for those around you. So thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you all in the next episode.